Hello, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Erin. Gameplay Radio is a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive, including my guest this week, Lucian Khan. Say hi, Lucian. Hi. How's it going? (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Lucian, do you want to give a bit of an introduction to uh, what you're up to in the gaming community? Yeah, um, so I'm a tabletop role-playing game designer and occasional LARP designer. Um, I've um, Yeah, I've designed um, a bunch of things. Visigoths versus Malgoths, um, Dead Friend, a game of necromancy. I um, am the co-editor of a book with um, Sharang Biswas that's an anthology. It's called Honey and Hot Wax. Um, And uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, An obscure game about... um, Jewish resistance against paladins called If I Were a Lich Man. Um, oh my god, wait. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that actually actually won an award. Um, oh. So, well, yes. Congratulations. I'm sorry I didn't know this before no, <laughs> we're no, getting you on the show. but It's fine. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just do a bunch of um, weird, um, often humorous, often um, like campy, spooky uh, kinds of stuff. Campy, spooky. Um, where do you think this aesthetic comes from? I mean, because clearly, if you're finding this trend in yourself, like, where do you think that inspiration comes from for these games? Oh wow. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the campy, spooky just comes from like um, a lot of the stuff that I was into in the nineties. Um, I'm 38. So I was, I was a teenager in the nineties and I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, and I was really into like, um, a lot of the alternative rock, um, and like goth counterculture stuff that was going on at the time. Nice. Um, so like, you know, I went to goth clubs and, um, was just sort of like in that world. Um, and I was, Mm. I think a lot of like this sort of, um, the campiness, combined with the spookiness um i was a huge oingo boingo fan in like the mid 90s <laughs> um so i think that that rubbed off okay yeah that, i mean that's completely fair and i mean it really is a very specific but it's a very specific feel that i i have to admit um i i was i was a teenager closer to the um to like the emo phase of things yep. and i sometimes think about the goth phase and i'm like hmm I wonder. I wonder if I would have like enjoyed that. <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah. I think that there's there's definitely some crossover. Yeah, but how did you feel seeing that crossover as you were experiencing it? Um, it's interesting. I I never really got into emo, but um, not out of like not liking it really. I just kind of didn't um sure. get into it. It happens. Um, but like I. I, I sort of saw that like it would have been the same kids, right? Like it, if I had just been like five or ten years younger, I would have maybe gotten into emo, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, maybe it's really it's just that it's like that's the that's the angst aesthetic of the generation. So right, like- exactly. Like the sort of like countercultural angsty, um, but like with a sense of humor kind of thing. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah i just uh my my boyfriend actually is um is five years younger than me and he was like really into punk and emo and like um sort of had that experience um so mm-hmm. i i kind of feel like you know it's just kind of randomly how old i am <laughs> <laughs> that's totally fair 
goth culture I know from experience sure. um, has like a really like it has a dark sense of humor, right? I think that's mm. something that a, a lot of people sort of miss. Um, like if they're sort of seeing it from the outside, they see like, oh, this is all about like depression and being gloomy and everything. But yeah. the, ad- the attitude is a kind of like, like absurd and humorous, like approach to um, that kind of, you know, bleakness, right? So yeah, that is you, really interesting. Yeah, like you did, like you see a lot of like, you know, very campy horror aesthetic within goth culture, mm. like side by side with with some of the earnestness. So I think um, the humor is really important okay. to me, and um, you know, you see that coming through in my in my games for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no, I mean, no kidding. Like um, the game that we're going to be playing today, Visigoth today, Visigoth versus Malgoth. I feel like really enacts that that feeling because it's about <laughs> like. I mean, it's it's about like. Visigoths in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, we've got some time travel happening. <laughs> yeah, time travel Visigoths ha- uh, coming to this mall and um, basically like getting into a feud with a bunch of teenagers. Like, yeah. And, the, and the, Visigoth, the Visigoths are also teenagers. It's like 16 year old, um, you know, warriors from like the year 410. <laughs> Um, right. showing up to like have their battles and or romances with um 16 year olds from 1996 so a lot of oh, funny man. stuff comes up oh man uh, yeah seriously though and i mean just reading through the uh re- the whole the whole way that the, the story works really i like i've it's been so long since I've just hung out at a mall, but that was definitely something I did when I was younger. Like I definitely just went to a mall and just walked around and did stuff. Um, I think I once like, I was like, did, did you ever do like mall pranks or whatever, where you had to do like truth or dare, like while you were in a mall? Cause I definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. That. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I missed that stuff. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, like what? What's one of your favorite stories from that period of time? Oh my god! Um, somebody <laughs> once, somebody once dared me. Um, I didn't, I didn't end up doing it, but somebody once—I uh, took the truth. But somebody mm. once dared me to um, to go into a store um, with a with a tampon in my mouth and ask for a light, like it was a cigarette. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Though. Wait, what I just store? remember what it because it was such an amazing. I don't remember. Ah. I just remember I was like, "Oh my god, no, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, though. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, think, it's, it was yeah. a great idea from like whatever jerk fourteen year old told me to do this, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's absolutely fair. I I mostly took the truth as well, to be honest. Like. Yeah. I think there was, I took, once I did take a dare, but it was mostly that I was supposed to go into um, a Hot Topic store, and uh, I was supposed to, I was supposed to go up to the clerk and scream, I like your shirt at them. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was a very quiet kid, so I went in there, and I went, I like your shirt. And they were like, <laughs> Thank you, and then I ran away. So, oh no, you know, yeah, that's uh, pretty classic. <laughs> I know. Like, what what else is it a stack except for an awkward teenager, like basically being a robot trying to pull a prank? So, 
Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I I feel like my my game really leans into that whole yeah. thing, but then like you know amps it up to like, and also there are time traveling Visigoths. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Like there's even there's an entire mechanic in the game around um, embarrassing yourself. Right. Um, it's uh, the embarrassing traits mechanic, so you can mm-hmm. actually. Um, in, like you take embarrassing traits as as part of your um, character creation, which we'll get to soon. Definitely. Um, and um, the way it works is that you can embarrass yourself um, to make one of your friends look cool in comparison. Um, so all, all kinds of ridiculous <laughs> things Amazing. play out in the story when this happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I bet so. And really, I mean, so we're, we're going to play this game, and it's going to be like simplified version because this is really a game that really lends itself to having multiple people in the group um but i I thought it was really incredible reading the 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 structure of the game how it really like it's all about there's a lot of structure for like hurt feelings and how you can only resolve those feelings by like telling a friend about it like and there are like obviously the structure of like embarrassing yourself and how other people assign what embarrassing thing what like your embarrassing trait is yeah. Um, and I mean, it just seemed like so natural to that awkward teenage time of like being a teenager, <laughs> essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, d- did you feel particularly in like in like in touch with being a teenager, like while you were <laughs> right, like while you were writing it or whatever? It's interesting, kind of. I guess I, I feel like I was really reveling in um, my love for. 90s Los Angeles counterculture right like Mm. that's sort of what like emotionally propelled me to write this game is that I just I used to I loved it so much at the time Mm. right I loved like going to goth clubs and like going to Melrose when it was still weird and edgy and full of punks and goths and like um, you know going to shows and all of that stuff right being in bands and all of it going to Rocky Horror um, and Yeah. yeah you know like all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, sort of in my enthusiasm for like remembering what it was like to hang out in LA in nineties counterculture spaces. Um, I was like, well, I was a teenager when that happened. Right. Like my experience of that is from the perspective of, you know, being a teenager. So mm-hmm. I just kind of went with it. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I'm <laughs> unusually <laughs> in touch with my teenage self, but I'm, I think I am unusually in touch with my nineties experience. <laughs> I mean, our, fair enough. I mean, it really is a, a unique experience. And so, so obviously you've been, you've been creating and uh, you created this uh, incredible game and many other incredible games as well. Um, how did you get into create like creating tabletop role-playing games like what was the first game you ever played oh my god so these are wildly different answers actually because oh. um, i've been playing role-playing games for a really 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 long time like nice. much longer than i've been designing um and i started with video game role-playing games so the first sure. the first rpg that i ever played i was nine years old and played the original final fantasy for nintendo right so just oh straight God, up yeah. final fantasy when there was not a number on it right it was just final fantasy um and right. my cousin my cousin got it for hanukkah when i was nine <laughs> yes. right so i was uh-huh. like cool and then my cousin and i were like it's you know it's winter break we're gonna just obsessively play this game that 
you just got for Hanukkah, right? So I, <laughs> that's how I like got really into that. And then I continued to play um, like video game and computer game RPGs, um, you know, as a kid. And mm-hmm. then randomly when I was like 15 or 16, I was at a performing arts camp for guitar, right? I, I was a guitar player and I went for oh, like, nice. you know, guitar like rock shop stuff right mm-hmm. and um because i was funny um some people were like you should be in the improv troupe and i was like okay cool so i got into the oh. improv troupe um, great easy right because i was funny and they were like okay cool <laughs> um and so i was in this improv troupe and then one day um like some one of the people in the improv troupe was like do you want to play this secret game called vampire the masquerade <laughs> and I was uh, like, okay what is this right yeah and so it turned out this is this is actually really weird it turned out that like a bunch of the kids like some of the kids from the improv troupe a couple of goths from like you know just randomly around and like a bunch of other people um were playing a game of vampire but they weren't telling anybody else that they were playing it they were like pretending it was a secret they were that like you can't tell anybody that you're a vampire in the game or that you're playing the game, right? And this could have been creepy, right? This could have been creepy and disturbing, but actually, like, it turned out not creepy and disturbing. It turned out just, like, really dweeby. Um, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sure. And so it was just, like, now I'm, like, playing Vampire the Masquerade with all these people, but we're not allowed to tell anybody we're playing. Um, It's like like a, a nerdy fight club, essentially. Exactly. But, like, I don't recommend doing this. It could go horribly wrong, but it didn't. Instead, like, it was just, you know, like, now a bunch of teenagers are running around pretending to be vampires and nobody knows why. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) that's how how I got... Yeah, so that's how I got into, like, tabletop and LARP, right? So I did Mm. that LARP, and then I, you know, played some of the connected games. I played Werewolf. Um, so then I was just kind of like playing computer games and, and, um, and video games and tabletop games and LARPs and so really all the things, all of the things I played, all of the kinds of role-playing games there are. Also, um, as a side note for, for listeners who may not know, uh, LARPing is live action role-playing. So that's right. Live action role-playing physically do the thing. That's, that's basically what it is. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So then a million years later right like i don't know five years ago or something mm-hmm. um i just like happened to meet a bunch of game designers um just happened to yeah i mean actually really just happened to like i was i, I had a job um like in a tech shop doing web development and okay. there just happened to be some game designers there and like <laughs> I was just like, oh, you know, I haven't played RPGs in a while. Maybe I'll, like, go play Dungeons & Dragons at the local game store and, like, accidentally sort of met a bunch of game designers there. And then just, like, it it sort of came to pass that I, like, by chance knew a bunch of game designers all of a sudden. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a chance, too. Yeah. Right? So I just, like, suddenly in, like, 2015 just knew a bunch of game designers. And then... You know, I started like playing more role playing games again, um, and then just sort of tried my hand at it. Um, but I had been, you know, I'd been playing these games for decades. Mm. I mean, I bet that that really like li- like 
helps too because you have a good sense for like how storytelling games are told and it really gives you a sense of like what mechanics need to be made in order to like encourage a certain type of aesthetic i've noticed i've noticed that for my for myself like i i personally have not had the experience of like designing a game but i've like you know i've i have some home brew dungeons and dragons games sitting on like a shelf somewhere um and like some of the mechanics, I didn't. I didn't even know. I don't think I knew what mechanics were before I started playing. But like, it just happened so naturally once I kind of understood what would need to be done um, yeah. to make something happen, like story-wise, in a game that has like structure to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just playing a lot of games, no matter when you do it, can can help with that. You know? Yeah. Like I like I think you can. You know, if you're listening to this and you've never played a role-playing game, um, you could just like buy a bunch of like small five dollar role-playing games and just like try them out and get some interesting ideas you know i just think it's sure. i think it's important to play games in general and just kind of like try on what what exists what else would you recommend that people check out oh man i have so many recommendations um <laughs> i i'm gonna just Excellent. like name a bunch of names now um Do it. i i am a um really big big fan of my good friend and frequent collaborator Sharang Biswas. He designs a lot of really like interesting weird stuff. He has a game called Feast that involves like actually cooking meals um and like doing storytelling and relationship to the food that you're cooking. Um so he's he's he does some really awesome. yeah, really interesting stuff. Um my uh, friend Cleo Yunsu Davis, um, who is also one of the designers in the Honey and Hot Wax anthology, um, does a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, she has a, a really cool uh, live action role playing game about um, you're it's uh, set in the 80s and you're a bunch of teens at a high school and there's an alarm and you th- you're you're like suddenly going into the into the bomb shelter and you're not sure if it was a drill or if it's like actually a nuclear attack. Oh, um, super interesting. Um, and you're like playing all of the 80s high school archetypes, like being stuck in this bomb shelter. Um, so, you know, uh, her games are super interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I, I really. Um, too big I of a re- question? Yeah, it's too big of a question. I have so many recommendations. <laughs> um, but uh, there's just a lot of incredible stuff out there. And, um, you know, I would recommend not just sticking to the most well-known stuff right Mm. um because there's a danger you can think like you know if you play if you play dungeons and dragons which is fine right you can play dungeons and dragons fun game um but there's a danger of thinking that that's the only type of role-playing game or that's the only way role-playing games can be just because it happens to be the one that's the most well-known and well successful uh, and successful right um and and it is a good game right it's fun game but like there are hundreds and hundreds of role-playing games that are different in structure um good society is another one i would really recommend it's oh, um it's, yes. it's it's really good it's yeah um, i've played that before not not on air for for gameplay radio but yeah i mean it's it's an it's an incredible game it's basically you yeah. create your own jane austen novel <laughs> exactly right it's all it's all set in like regency jane austen sort of you know um intrigues and politics and marriage proposals and all of that stuff super fun and interesting yeah um it can get silly super fast <laughs> it can right it can get super silly or yeah. it can get really serious and like it's yeah. really absolutely nothing like dungeons and dragons other than that 
you are sitting around playing pretend, right? And there are some rules. Um, so sure. I think it's I think that's really um, a fun thing to do and a good thing to broaden your horizons um, to check out a bunch of role playing games that aren't the sort of like big three or big five um, and just see what kind of interesting stuff's out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I one hundred percent agree, and I, I I'm realizing because um, I I do a lot of work in book publishing. Um, and something I say a lot about book publishing is like, there are so many genres of books because there are so many different types of readers. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like it honestly, it's starting to ring true for gaming as well. There are so many types of games because there are so many different types of gamers, so many different types of people who tell stories. Some people need more structure. Some people just want to sit around and tell a story. Like some people want to draw maps. Like there's absolutely. so many different ways to tell a story depending on what you like to do so um and like yeah. for for total newcomers total beginners i would also really recommend um for the queen by alex roberts um it's a card-based uh storytelling game um and it's extremely approachable for new players um it comes in like a deck of cards um and it's all about um you are you are the escorts of a uh, a queen um, and uh, you're trying to get her from point A to point B but there's all kinds of weird messed up intrigues about you know what's the deal with this queen what's your relationship to her are you in love with her do you hate her do you hate each other are you going to kill each other right it's like <laughs> wow. very yeah. it's like really intense but like um, and it really plays out differently every time um, it's just very well designed very streamlined and extremely easy to pick up no matter who you are or what your background is with games. So For the Queen by Alex Roberts, it's available in lots of stores. Um, I, I really recommend for like anybody who's listening and they're like, I have literally never played a role-playing game. Um, that's actually a very good and easy place to start. Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited yeah. to look up all of these. Um, <laughs> totally. So I, I definitely, I really appreciate it as well. Um, but, you know, we're, we're moving a little bit forward in the hour, so I think we should try to get into a little bit of discussion or a little bit of presentation of Visigoths versus Mogoths. Um, yes. We should do that. But All right. before we do, before we do that, I do have to do a couple of on-air reads for the station. Uh, so we will do those things, little notices that our listeners need to know uh, as they are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, there's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out the website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. And if you do the run, wear a mask. If you do it as a walk, wear a mask. Just wear a mask. Yep. Um, also, as a reminder, Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And uh, we have been hit... By COVID-19, like everyone else, most of our revenue streams have evaporated, um, but we could really use your help 
with a small donation if you can afford it. It would go a long way towards helping us to stay on air. So uh, if you want to do that, you can give a one-time or monthly donation by going to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. There you'll find some great t-shirts, mugs, and other swag we'd like to send you to say thanks. Or if you're too lazy to do that, uh, you can use your phone to text RFB give five, that's the number five, to 44321. It only takes a moment and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. Uh, finally, if you're like, what's this Radio Free Brooklyn place? Uh, but I also don't want to listen to it on like a website. You don't have to. You can download our free mobile app for iPhone or Android. Uh, so it's available on either of those stores. So you can listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're on the go, uh, wearing that mask and taking a walk or just, I don't know, doing whatever. But we're on air constantly. Um, so check it out. Okay. Shall we? Let's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. So as previously mentioned, uh, we are playing Lucian's game Visigoths versus Molgoths, which, uh, is essentially as, as we've already kind of introed here, it's a game where a teen, in, from the 90s, basically used a Ouija board and accidentally summoned a bunch of teenage Visigoths um, from the tw- from uh, ancient Rome into Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. So now you're you're in this mall. The whole game is set in a mall, um, and it um, when you get the game book, it comes with an entire mall, right? So you'll see there's like two mall maps. It there's um 17 mall stores 24 non-player characters that are already like fully given personalities and everything and there's items in the stores and it's like a mall right the whole game takes place in the mall so you are now just in this mall yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it 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 brings out the aesthetic of hanging out in a mall essentially the the way the the way the full gameplay works is i mean usually you play with a group of like 4 to 5 people or 4 to 6 people and you have like two teams. Uh, one is a Vis- like summer Visigoths, summer Mulgoths, and they kind of like are like have beef with each other essentially. Uh, so they argue a lot. They get crushes on each other. They embarrass each other. They hurt each other's feelings, and they be teenagers through the entire day in a mall. Um, and this mall is incredibly well structured as well. Like it really, it really gives you everything. Um, but because we're only two people today, we're just going to be creating some characters. Um, and then you guys can, our listeners can either take these characters and run with them or uh, get some inspiration for their own before they start to play. So um, yeah, I think that's basically what we're gonna be doing. Perfect. And the, yeah. and the real question I have for you, Ooh, is, yes. whether you is whether you would like to be a Visigoth or a Molgoth today. Hmm, you know, I'm feeling Visigothy. All right. Um, cool. So we have, um, I'll say for the listeners at home, the different types of goths. Um, there's three Visigoth types, three Malgoth types that are available to choose here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have um, for Visigoths, yeah, you could be a conqueror, you could be a charlatan, or you could be a runecaster. So those are your Visigoth options. I'm going to be a a Malgoth, and my options are I could be a theater tech, I could be a witch, or I could be a cyber pet. Now, a cyber pet is basically a, like a furry with a Tamagotchi aesthetic. (laughs) 
Um, so (laughs) (laughs) that's my, (laughs) those are my options. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I guess I should pick what type of Visigoth I want to be. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling a conqueror. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I think I'm going to go theater tech. Nice. Classic. Yeah. Cool. So the first thing to do, um, if you have your character sheet, um, yeah, is you have a a list of name options um, Mm. for good names for your character, and um, you can you know choose one of those or or pick your own. I think I let me grab my character sheet. I am a theater tech. I think today I am going to be. I think I'm going to be Lenore. Lenore is that one of the chosen names for a theater? Yes, tech? that is one of the that is one of the options on the character sheet. So I'm going to be Lenore, the theater tech. Okay, all right. Um, I, I I think I'm going to be Heva. Excellent. Which is also one of the the choice names here for uh, a female. So they have female, male, and unisex name suggestions here. Yeah, um, and then you can pick any pronouns for your character i'm gonna say let's just make lenore she her i was also gonna do she her she her for heva so uh here she hers today yeah right um and then um you have a a question that i do not have on my character sheet (laughs) would you you like to read the question I, i would be i would be honored uh so the question i have here is are you still glowing from time travel um I'm gonna say maybe a little. Yeah, the options there are yes, no, or maybe a little. So <laughs> you get maybe a little. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I get to do maybe maybe a little. I don't think I'm like aggressively glowing, but I don't think I'm not glowing at all. It's just like a little bit of glowing. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. And then um, the next thing is your goth style. So let's get some fashion yeah, yeah. going on here. Amazing. Yeah. So the goth style, there are a number of different options here for a conqueror. Um, there's a uh, mail and helmet, colorful tunic, a dramatic gown, gold jewelry, and a cape, bone and sinew, bone and sinew hood, hoodie, or you can choose your own. Um, these are great. And you know what I think? I think I'm getting like some inspiration from like, um... <laughs> so I'm picturing like, a dramatic gown, but the gown is made out of like metal, so it's like a male dress. That's amazing. That's that like that's really that's what I'm picturing, like a male dress, like long sleeved, um, so it like covers like up to her up to up to Heva's wrists, um, and I think and like high necked as well, so it kind of like it, it covers a lot of area. Um, but this gown also has like. Um, it, it so I mean it it's it's for a lot of effect, but it also has these like kind of chinks to the side where if she needs to do something that involves like a lot of like movement, she can. There are like little hooks on the bottom of her dress so that she can lift up and hook at her hips, so she can like really move. That's great. So like, um, that's does she have? <laughs> yeah, that I, I, that's got to be really heavy. Like she must be pretty strong. Yeah, I mean she's a conqueror. So yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna make Lenore like a like an '80s style trad goth. Um, I think she's okay. she's like trying to um, trying to like basically emulate Susie Sue. I think um, so. Okay. She's got so she's got like the sort of big um, like poofy black sort of um, goth mullet thing um that nice. you you saw a lot in like the late 80s um mm-hmm. even though it's 96 and she's like 16 um so <laughs> right. she's got like like that's the you know um sort of pineapple shaped um like dyed black uh sort of shaggy mullety hair thing uh, pineapple um, shaped is so apt yeah. yeah, right? It looks like a pineapple. Yeah. Um, and is it the color of a pineapple? No, you said it was black. No, no. It's, she's got it, like, dyed black. Yeah. Um, uh, with maybe, like, one red streak in it. Oh. Like, at the front. Yeah. Um, and I think she's... Um, I think she is wearing, like, a, um, like a sort of um, cropped... Uh, black t-shirt like maybe like a like a Bauhaus band shirt okay. um, but it's like cut off at the bottom and has like a couple of holes in it um, <laughs> yeah. and she's cut off the sleeves um, and has like a like a fake leather vest over it with like um, like little metal studs that she's like hand um, sewn on um, and is probably just wearing black jeans and like um, just has like black Converse with stuff written all over it because she sure. can't she can't afford Doc Martens. Um, so <laughs> she's just like like gotten some black Converse and has drawn like a bunch of pentagrams all over them. Amazing! <laughs> wow, what like what what in a like what a what a picture! Like I I could I could really see that. That looks awesome. Sounds awesome. Great. Great. Perfect. Okay, cool. So then um, everybody gets uh, a religion or no religion. Um, And the reason for this, it doesn't actually do anything mechanical, um, but there's a bunch of um, like religious themed stores in the mall. Like there's um, on the one side of things, there's St. Sebastian's Catholic gifts. um, (laughs) And on on the other side of things, there's Hail Satin, the satanic bed and bath store. Oh my Um, God. So it can be, it can be fun to sort of both see people's, whatever your religion happens to be, both see that sort of interact with the the setting. Um, And also, also some funny things can happen with like, you know, if you have a Visigoth who's like an extremely devout, um, but heretical Christian, um, like having arguments with a Catholic or whatever, um, or, <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. it's like weird, weird, funny stuff comes up. Oh, I um, can imagine. Yeah. So, uh, that hmm. you have a bunch of options or you can just decide Yeah. or you can just have no religion. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got two options here, but to be honest, um, having from, from a, from a me personal, me, the player standpoint of, uh, having been been uh, raised Jewish personally and not having as much of a examination of, of, of I, I'm just going to choose no religion. I'm just going to choose Great. atheist. Great. Well, if you're doing that, I'm going to be Jewish. So <laughs> <laughs> Great. I also was raised Jewish. I'm yeah. going to be Jewish. So Lenore, the theater tech, um, I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to say that her... Um, her family are like pretty, pretty sort of standard conservative Jews. Um, okay. Like she definitely had a bat mitzvah. 
um but she's sure. not she's like not that into it she's like a little bit embarrassed um and like yeah. like is like she's like bummed out that she's supposed to like go home for for shabbat dinner on friday nights and can't go out <laughs> mm, yeah it's, i mean it, it it harshes uh it harshes on her on her groove a bit exactly exactly yeah so she's yeah. like she she she's not straight up like oh, i hate this she's just like oh man yeah. <laughs> why do i have to go home on fridays yeah i feel that i feel like i feel like um i feel like heva with the atheism i think she was probably raised with uh, whatever strong belief, I, I, uh, whatever strong belief was typical of Rome at that time, maybe it was like really strong Christian background, but I don't think yeah. she ever, and maybe she was supposed to like go forth and like conquer on that behalf, but I don't think she ever really believed that that was like the case. Like she was just kind of like, hmm, yeah, yeah. maybe, but also kind of like, this seems kind of weird, so... I love that. Yeah. Just like a skeptical visit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, are you sure this is what they asked for? Because that sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of weird. <laughs> Did they ask for like this specifically? So um, that's great. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Okay. So we have some info there. Um, you will now, you will now see um, if you look to like the next column on the character sheet. Um, yeah you have some powers and skills. Um, so you have three skills that you already naturally come with. And and the way this yes. works is in this game, um, anything that a normal teenager can do, you can do, right? So if, Great. if you, if you want to just like, you know, I don't know, like do some math or like you want to <laughs> like run to the edge of the, like, store that you're in or just something that like Play an hooky. average right like something an average teenager could reasonably normally do yeah you can you can do that um and just roll a normal two six-sided dice with no bonuses to to do gotcha. whatever you're trying to do that isn't some special thing so right? average teenage stuff is just average teenage stuff in this game it, exactly right right so yeah. you, you don't have to it's not like Oh, I don't have math on my character sheet, so I cannot do math. It's not like that, <laughs> right? It's just like if you oh, try to do, if, yeah, if you try to do this like fairly ordinary thing, you don't get a bonus when you when you try to do it. You right? mean I still have to do math? <laughs> yes, Ugh, do your homework. Fine. Um. So okay, but you also have three things that you're unusually good at. Yeah. Right? So what are your three things that you're unusually good at? Right. So it says here that my three skills are spears, theft, and control animals. Though it says here that control animals doesn't work on humans in fursuits, which, I mean, must have been a shame for Heather when she found out. Exactly. It's, it's really sad. Yeah. I had to put that on the character sheet because everybody in playtests was like, can I use this on the cyber pet? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> That's too much power. Yeah. Um, so so no you cannot um <laughs> funny little but, caveat there exactly but um you can now um you have a plus two bonus on your dice rolls for all of these three things yes. but you now get to choose your favorite one and bump it up to plus three so you get a little bit of customization there um i feel like have with heaven's aesthetic so far i feel like spears is probably the way to go here so i'm gonna do i'm gonna make a plus three to spears excellent um i think i so my options here are costumes pyrotechnics 
and repelling and rigging. Um, and I think Lenore, the theater tech, is like a new, like really good at repelling and rigging. I think that she works the fly rail and is like constantly like sending other teenagers up on elaborate ropes <laughs> yeah. to like do fl- the flying acts in the school plays. That's, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's a that's a yeah. fun thing to be able to do. That yeah. can come in real and- handy. Yeah, and who knows what kind of what kind of antics she'll get up to in the mall with her fly rail. Yeah, I mean, if there are multiple levels to this mall, then yep, it's a two story mall, so you use your really imagination. Get to some shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Cool. Yeah. I cool. And uh, so do we? So I see there are some like blank spaces underneath. Do we get to add our own skills here? And I'm not, not seeing that. Not at the moment, but um, you may end up acquiring additional skills um, through like buying or stealing items in the mall. Um, uh, so, for example, if you happen to steal or buy, um, let's say let's say you're in um, Hail Satin, right? Um, and you successfully steal. I love that name. Keep going. Thank you. <laughs> and you successfully steal the item, Bubbles of Bathomet, which is um, a satanic bubble bath. <laughs> that gives you a plus one to the haunt skill. Now haunt um, haunt is a skill that is um, natural to the witch uh, type. Um, If you're a witch, the the witch Molgoth, yeah, the witch Molgoth. If you're a witch, you start out with haunt and it gives you um, the ability to imbue a person or object with a spooky presence. (laughs) Uh, So if you happen to get a hold of this item, Uh um, and it gives you a plus one, you would then acquire that skill so you could add it to your character sheet as long as mm. you have the item. Okay. Uh, yeah, so those are, those lines are there in case you happen to get an item that um, gives you a skill. All right, good to know. And then um, you may want to just uh, let the let the listeners at home know uh, your yeah. once per day without rolling uh, skill. Oh, so does, he, does each character have a different one of these? Yeah, they're all different. Cool. Okay. Well, so for the conqueror, for Heva, um, once per day without rolling, I can convince someone that a modern item was invented by Visigoths. <laughs> <laughs> um, which can be that. very entertaining. Um, I have, as the theater uh, tech, I have once per day without rolling, I can make a clothing item out of duct tape and give it to someone. This oh. item. This item gives the wearer a plus one or a minus one to the skill of my choice. Oh, oh, <laughs> gracious. And they have to, but I guess they have to take it, though. They have to take it. Yeah. Wow. So um, I can just mess with your stats um, once per day. This is, this is, this is, this is incredible. Um, I have to say, the, the convince someone that's, that a modern item was invented by the Visigoths just like, like, just reminds me so much of like, like, my, like my big fat Greek wedding was a guy oh my God, with yes. a father who was like, <laughs> name any word and I can tell you how it came from Greek. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's totally the same thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Good. Cool. So, so the next thing that we do um, is a part I love. Um, this is embarrassing traits. So you should yeah. have, um, if you look in your packet that I sent you, um, yes. there's a list of embarrassing traits. And the way this works is um, when you have everybody together, right? Let's say, say you have five, six players. Mm-hmm. Um, Visigoths 
give Molgoths embarrassing traits and Molgoths give Visigoths embarrassing traits. So you're going to pick an embarrassing trait for the list that you want to give me. I then have the option of keeping it or I can veto it, but then I have to take two embarrassing traits. All right. Okay, so okay. I have a little a little bit of power to to veto, but then I just things just get more embarrassing. Amazing. So, so do you want to go first? Do you want to give uh, Lenore an embarrassing trait? Yeah, I mean, if you want, you can read off the options. These, the, I mean, these these options are really fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I could, I I could give uh, I could give Lenore um, bad taste in music, a cracking voice, doesn't understand slang overprotective parents, prep school student, or a terrible poet. And to be honest, I'm really feeling a terrible poet vibe. Yes, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Great. Terrible poet. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I love it when the theater tech is a terrible poet because it just really, it really comes It just really rings nice. in there, yeah. Yeah, it's going to just be all like terrible attempts at Shakespeare gone horribly wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> cool. And I just so keep the, just keep misquoting Hamlet monologues like Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um cool. And for Visigoth, the options I can give you yeah. um so Heva could could be the options are allergic to metal. <laughs> mm, oh no please don't <laughs> oh god <laughs> bad dancer uh dumped by a famous lover fear of animals follow a modern religion or wish you were roman um and i think i am gonna go against the obvious dig I, the obvious thing would be to make you allergic to metal since you're covered in it but i, yeah, I actually don't. Think i'm gonna give you fear of animals <laughs> <laughs> now you can you can veto that if you want and you can take two others uh, I mean like I, f- I feel like fear of animals like is completely doable though so like I'm 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 willing to take that because it's very entertaining because then it's like anytime Heva would see an animal she would control it to move away from her yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I mean, because because she can control animals, so like the only way that she can handle that is to be like, commanding every animal in her presence to to leave. <laughs> yeah, just get away from me. Um, the the animals can be really really funny in this game. There are um, yeah. a couple of places in the mall that have animals built into the place. Um, mm. My favorite, of course, is Gerbil Essences. Um, which is the uh, hair salon for humans and pets. Um, and Gerbil Essences um, comes ready-made with a poodle and a sheep. Oh. Yeah. Wow, so, um, a sheep. Yeah, sheep um, is... is the the book tells you the sheep's in there getting getting a shampoo. So all right. Um, so that's that's fun. Also, there's yeah. um, tiny tiny Yotun Adventures is a Visigoth owned uh, pony rides shop. So <laughs> <laughs> what a mall! I don't know if that's this mall. This one's awesome. I I desperately want to visit the mall that I have created, especially now. <laughs> you know, during COVID, I've been like in my uh, apartment for eight and a half months. Yeah, I just want to go to my fictional mall. It's like, take me to the mall, please. I'm ready. Yeah. We're going shopping. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, 
Great. So you Incredible. have got fear of animals. I do. Okay, cool. I really do. Yeah. And the next part, um, so there's there's one more part of character creation. Um, this, so for a quick start, you could actually stop here and just start playing. Um, sure. So if, yeah. if character, if sorry, if players, not characters, characters mm. don't want anything. They're fictional. If players <laughs> want to um, just start right after they do embarrassing traits, you can just do that and not do the next part. Um, but gotcha. I think it's fun. Um, you can you can do starting relationships. Um, so mm. there are a couple of sentences down at the bottom of your um, character sheet yeah. that um, give you ideas for backstory um between the different characters that you've all created so the idea is right if there were four right. or five or six of us um we would all pick different people around the table um and fill in these starting relationships right options. so you could kind of have like start like starting like connections between like people that you're like playing with Exactly, right? So the assumption yeah. is that all of these characters know each other from the mall, right? Mm-hmm. So even the Visigoths and the Mallgoths know each other because you all hang out at this mall every weekend, right? There's like not that much to do in your, in your, you're in a suburb of LA, you're not in LA proper. So there's not actually that much to do in your town other than go to this mall. Right. So you all know <laughs> each other from the mall. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah. It makes complete sense. And I mean, it's great because if this is, I mean, this is a game that really, I think, kind of relies on players' ability to kind of engage with the character that they created and also have that character engage with other people in like conversation and things like that. So having yeah. having prompts like this, I have always found helpful. Like, yeah. always for a- any person playing these kinds of games. So, like, and I'm like, if yeah. you. If you like this kind of a thing, um, a lot of games, like if you see games that are advertised as being powered by the apocalypse, this um, Visigoths versus mm-hmm. Morgoths is not powered by the apocalypse. Um, no, <laughs> but 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 does take um, a couple of design cues from that tradition, and one of the design cues mm-hmm. that it takes from that tradition is having starting relationships, which um, I think is very useful. Sure. Um, yes, when when you're starting up a new campaign or a new one shot. I I, um, abso- I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, and it, so it gives you like- and it gets like new people who haven't tried out this sort of thing before a bit more structure, which is nice. Exactly. So if you like that sort of thing, um, and you're right. like, what other games could possibly have this? Um, right. A lot of the, a lot of the powered by the apocalypse apocalypse games also tend to have um backstory or starting relationships absolutely Um, and like so like the one the starting relationships that i i have here i mean they're they're really fun and they like but they don't like really constrict too much like but they add like flavor as well so like the first one is like i want to conquer conquer los angeles with insert person here by my side because of whatever reason i choose it was also i hope that x person doesn't know that i stole x um the mall goth i most resent is x because you know blank and then my crush on blank weirds me out because blank (laughs) that one's always very funny (laughs) oh my god i'm sure it is that's so great what do you Um, have what do you have um for 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 your mall goth there so i i think i'm gonna give lenore um so I'm going to take the one that's blank is still mad at me because I accidentally set fire to blank. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and I'm going to say um, that Heva is still mad at me because I accidentally set fire to um, 
the armory. Um, I'm gonna say that um, <laughs> that there's a there's a place where. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say that one of the stores. Um, let's say maybe uh, Athelwolf's Secret. So Athelwolf's Secret is um, it's kind of like Victoria's Secret, but Visigoth owned. Um, so it's right. got like a bunch of you know like. Um, you know, like metal and fur bras and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say there's a there's a particular changing room in Athelwolf's Secret yeah. that the Visigoth teens have um, like requisitioned to use as an armory. So that you've got like a bunch of like spears and axes and like different stuff um, sort of built into this one um, changing room stall um, and it's like there to hide that it's there right mm. um, and and I found out about it right I found out that the place the Visigoth teens are hiding their weapons is this you know lingerie store changing room <laughs> and I set it on fire <laughs> oh my god and so you're mad you're yeah. so mad that I did this yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And to, to add a bit of story for, to that uh, at the at the very end of this hour, um, give me give me one second. There's a, a lawnmower going by. Isn't that fun? Um, okay, uh, so I'll say that I hope that uh, Lenore doesn't know that I stole something. So I think I hope that Lenore doesn't know that I stole. Um, I want to say um, like. My, so my first reaction is like the prop table. So like, <laughs> yes. like, may, like maybe Lenore like has this like stash somewhere in the mall where she, um, you know, keeps like, I mean, like it's a prop table for like the theater, but also I think she finds just a lot of the props like handy for like her everyday life. And I kind of stole that because I saw it and yeah. I was like, this stuff looks ridiculous and I want it. <laughs> so yeah so we've, we've both yeah. like messed up each other's like stash or yeah. whatever right yeah and 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 maybe um and maybe i did it a little bit like in revenge for uh you burning burning down the the weapons area too i love that that's great great, great. and then a story takes off <laughs> exactly right then yeah. we see and you know in a in a normal game of this you would have a couple of more Visigoths and Malgoths to, yeah. to add to the drama so yeah. imagine all the drama that we've created now but compounded by even more goths right right uh I can only imagine the chaos that comes out of games like this yes yeah well um I, I hope that I'll at least have the opportunity to um take Heva on the road sometime soon to play. I hope so too. Um, thank you so much for walking us through a bit of character creation. This has been, yes. this has been a, a nice episode. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun to, to be on here. And I hope, you know, um, if you're at home, if you, if you want to use these characters, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Please do, do, uh, do make this, do check it out. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners where they should go to, uh, find and pick up Visigoths versus Malgoths themselves or any of your other games. 
Yeah. So um, there are a bunch of different options. Um, if you're interested in buying a physical book of Visigoths versus Malgoths, which I actually recommend because it's a really pretty book. It's like a shiny 120 page full color soft cover that feels kind of like a graphic novel um, with really cool layout. Um, so if you want the physical book, um, those are currently available in a couple of places. You can get them um, from Exalted Funeral, um, which is Great. a website yeah which is a website that sells um a whole bunch of um like small press and and indie like weird cool rpgs um you can get it from 20-sided store um in brooklyn either um ordering it online or ordering it uh, or like physically going there they have a pickup uh window right now um you can also get it from indie press revolution um which is a distributor um if you uh just go to Indie Press Revolution um, and search for it. You can order um, the physical copy there. And also, that's great um, if you're if you run a bookstore or um, you yourself are a, a retailer of some kind, and you're listening to this episode, you're wondering how to stock Visigoths versus Malgoths. Indie Press Revolution is is where you can um, get bulk copies of it as well. If you are, however, only interested in just getting the PDF, um, there are a couple other places you can get it. You can get it on um, uh, the Itch site, which is necromancy.itch.io. Great. Um, Itch like the word itch. Um, And um, that also has links to a bunch of my other games as well. Or you can also get it on drivethroughrpg.com. Um, and I think those are all of the major ones. So um, those are sort of your your different print or um, all the all the print copies also come with the PDF. So if you want uh, the print copy, you'll get the PDF along with that as well. Perfect. Um, and is there anywhere that they should go to uh, follow you, pay attention to the other cool stuff that you're creating and doing? Yes. Um, so if you want to get email updates um, about new game releases that I'm doing or um, things that are going on with my games, um, you can get that at bit.ly slash Lucian Games. So um, I guess it's bit.ly slash Lucian Games, one word. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is Theogony, which is O-H <laughs> underscore T-H-E-O-G-O-N-Y. Um, I curse the day I made my Twitter handle a pun and have to spell it every time. <laughs> oh, just you wait until I tell the listeners mine. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's where you can find me on all of the places. Great, perfect. And uh, if you want to, if you want to like keep track on like, what shows, uh, like what's going to be live when, or like what uh, latest guest is going to be coming on gameplay radio um, each Sunday, you can follow that. And also hear just my random thoughts and occasional um, joy freakouts about werewolves at uh, Aaron is a bird. E-R-Y-N is a bird. Um, <laughs> Cause I thought I was really clever when I made that uh, in college. <laughs> um <laughs> So you can you can follow that there. We also have um, if you just want the the straight up professional gameplay one. We also have a Twitter for that. That's uh, gameplay RFB. Um, but otherwise, this has been um, gameplay radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much, Lucian. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Bye. Bye.